0: For champagne, everybody. Hey, did
1: like that? Was that I nice? did that. That was beautiful. Is that nice? I I, like, I I especially love when people sing to me. You should ask Trista about it. <laughs> Ooh. I bet she has stories. <laughs> They're all good. How was your weekend? Photos. It's been good. Um, you know, it was really nice this weekend. I got a. T- Ton of yard work done on saturday I, was, I went outside at eight o'clock in the morning and didn't come back inside until 3 p.m like that's how much yard work I did. yeah um other than that no it's been everything's been good i've just been working like nothing crazy it's just been a normal normal day except today i've been busy and the weather's really put me in a mood so if someone could a fix mood. that that'd be great yeah what about you
0: um gosh what i I'm always like what have I been up to like how was your stay
1: at the Cottonwood oh
0: my gosh it was so nice um I love like I really loved it I also checked out the new hotel uh Peregrine or Peregrine Peregrine. yeah not like the rooms I didn't stay there but I is um, that open now yes yeah it just opened like a week ago. So I went there for drinks and met some people who were having dinner and the food looked so good. Um, drinks were good, the interiors really neat. Um, more of like an urban modern vibe than what you're gonna get at Cottonwood. Cottonwood is definitely, like you said, like, a, like old school, like vibes. Like yeah. I didn't wanna leave. Like I could definitely see myself staying there like the whole weekend. like maybe um, if they had a
1: penthouse we could just rent it and like year-round and then we could just like alternate
0: like if i was doing like you know a pool stitch, um i had we had breakfast there like french toast with orange marmalade is that how you say it marmalade but
1: yeah unless you're lady marmalade
0: I might be. <laughs> um,
1: we had that French toast too. It was really delicious.
0: So good, yeah. Absolutely would recommend. Um, lo- just like loved the interior. It was super cool. Admittedly, the rooms were very small. Bathroom was amazing, but like I, I don't know what kind of room you guys stayed in, but I paid for like a premium king room, if you will, and I was slightly disappointed
1: in the size
0: the size I mean I think I should have just paid for a standard room because I'm pretty sure it was the same
1: yeah I don't know I think we paid for I don't remember what we paid for but like I said last week they upgraded us um so we had
0: but they did like, upgrade me like you were like oh I'm an I whatever member and I'm like I am too yeah and I went in there like here's your keys and I was like Danny said there'd be an upgrade
1: here <laughs> so did you go in there with your nice face on? Cause I always go up there and I was like, Hey, how's it going? Yeah. You know, just here for our anniversary or I'm here for a birthday um, or I'm here for that's whatever. What, that's
0: what you did. You dropped the, you dropped the celebration and I, I didn't have that. And I always look lost. So there's no friendliness. I'm just like, what do I do with my hand and eggs? Where do they go?
1: See, that's where you go wrong. You have to go in there and be overly nice. And it doesn't matter if you're there alone or if you're there with 20 people. There's always an event. You're always there for a reason. It's either, you know, birthday, anniversary, whatever. Your grandma just died. You're there for something.
0: I can't lie. Like, I'm not a good liar. Like, I, I get I'm a lawyer. But I was going to say,
1: but you're an attorney. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I cannot. Like, if they were like, oh, what are you here for? I'd be like,
1: stop talking to me. Just give me my, my
0: yeah, keys. i <laughs> I'm, like, my mom told me it was nice here. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, that, what would come out of my mouth. So anyways, um so just really cool space even if um people are just in Omaha like would highly recommend just going for a drink even. Yeah. Uh, Scott Frost was there. Oh. I was there. Uh Saturday night so we had actually so my best friends, shout out to Pilar, who's a, everybody's heard from, and Lindsay, uh, one of my other best friends, were both um, hanging out, and we just kind of hung out in my room and had drinks, and then we went to the Lucky Tiger, which is like a ramen sushi place in Blackstone, mm-hmm. and there are so many great restaurants down there, too, like, it's in a super cool area, Yeah. but we went there and had dinner and a drink, and then went back to the- I, what is the cafe like on the main
1: floor I don't know what it's called
0: it's got a special name and I can't think of it but anyway so we went there and we were having a, like a nightcap if you will and just chatting away you know reminiscing about our undergrad days and getting crazy and I saw this guy and I was like huh that's weird that he looks familiar looks like you know Scott Frost doppelganger And then they were whispering and they're like, we'll text you because we can't can't say what we're gonna say out loud. Because he was like literally right behind us. And then they texted and they're they're like, that's Scott Frost, and I'm a dumbass. And I was like, oh (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that's hilarious. Some questionable girls showed up. It was a big group of guys, a couple of questionable girls infer what you want from that showed up and then they all left so oh are we
1: starting some husker football gossip right now like
0: where are you going scotty what room you in
1: interesting
0: well so that was interesting so yeah other than that that's that's probably uh that was basically my weekend just did that um got myself some gretna nutrition shakes while i was there awesome got some from a fan bam to all try out so I'm excited to hear what they think exciting
1: yeah it was like a good weekend it was so nice this weekend so I mean they picked a good time to go oh my gosh I'm
0: actually really jealous you got yard work done because my yard looks like shit and I also want to throw this out there. If somebody's out here playing, you know, your little yard games on me, remember last time when I called the po <laughs> Oh my was, God. Like, up in my yard. So I came home, I usually come home and it's, you know, dark or it's late because I, I work late sometimes. And I have like this little metal car in my landscaping and it was like tipped upside down. Like the wind didn't do it. And then there was some other shit moved around in my yard. And I thought, why?
1: Do you think that you have like a secret admirer that has like a little crush on you? And this is his way of like pulling your pigtails?
0: No, I think it's somebody who did like an April Fool's joke. And I didn't notice until April fucking 5th. I'm- <laughs> and I, I just don't, I don't, is it me? But I don't find that stuff
1: funny usually. It would depend on who it is, in my opinion. Like-
0: I like in the moment I don't find it funny because like
1: the now you have to go in there and off. fix now it I
0: just to go pick my shit up and I'm annoyed
1: yeah I get you and honestly it depends on my mood if we're being honest like if you get me on a day where I'm just like no fucks given I'm like huh, weird if you get me on a day like today
0: I'd be like <laughs> yeah okay, I called the cops <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> oh god that's hilarious no, that's
0: I still haven't told them I mean, because obviously I see them all the time. I still have not told the officer who came and picked up the bicycle that
1: it was a joke
0: because I'm so embarrassed.
1: (laughs) I wouldn't just, just, it's a mystery. Then they did, you know, they, they clearly did not care about the crime that was committed on your property because they didn't really do an investigation.
0: (laughs) You know what? I guarantee they talk so much shit and they're like, what a bitch. (laughs) Whatever, you know?
1: oh that's hilarious what are we
0: drinking this week
1: danny okay well um in case you couldn't tell brandy and i are recording virtually this week so brandy's actually drinking a glass of wine and i had a water and now i'm eating a piece of pepperoni pizza because you know wow, was, really? we're just, you guys it's um it's wednesday i don't know it, sh- it feels like a monday in my opinion but whatever um so anyway I but i the-
0: kept thinking today was tuesday for some reason
1: I, yeah, it's been a weird week and I, I'm just, you know, like I was telling Brandy before we got on the recording, my husband's going on a bachelor party this weekend and I could not be any more excited to be all alone Friday to Sunday. Like, I don't know how I'll actually leave because I just want to be all by myself. And I think that that's like something that people take for granted. Um, when they are single or like, Oh like, oh, I, I want to move in with my boyfriend or whatever. I'm like, You'll never have alone time ever again. And you know,
0: I don't take that for granted because I need that. Like, if I'm gone for a whole weekend and then I get home and the following weekend I don't go anywhere, I'm like, thank God.
1: I know. And my husband doesn't really go a lot of places. Either we go places together or I go places. Um, so it's very rare that I'm here alone. So I'm very excited. I honestly might think that. I think that this might be the only like third time I've ever been here by myself since I moved in five years ago.
0: I'm excited for
1: you. Sometimes I go places like I went to Denver one year by myself just so I could stay in a hotel room all alone. <laughs> it's <laughs> that's healthy for a, our marriage, you guys.
0: <laughs> that's a power move if there ever was one.
1: <laughs> oh, anyway. We got sidetracked off the cocktail. This week we are drinking a champagne punch. And you guys, the I was just reading through the ingredients and the directions here, and it's very specific. First off, it's for 16 four ounce cups. So I guess we don't want to have it. We're, you know, eight ounce cups are too small. We need the 16. But well, let's I mean, be honest, we do in the eight ounce here. <laughs> you need 36 mint leaves. Like not 30, 36 approximately
0: we're (laughs) loosey-goosey here we don't
1: (laughs) you need one cup honey syrup which is equal parts honey and water combined man this is a this is a this is a recipe you need one cup plus two tablespoons lime juice one cup pineapple juice two and a quarter cups rum 16 dashes of grapefruit bitters 16 approximately <laughs> one bottle of it says sparkling wine but we always go prosecco or champagne lots of ice not specific on the ice just lots of it pineapple and lime slices for garnish so the directions are you're going to muddle together the mint leaves and the honey syrup toss the mint and honey syrup into a large punch bowl which brandy loves herself a punch bowl add Thanks, the lime, you know. <laughs> add <laughs> the lime juice pineapple juice rum and bitters stir to combine Just before serving, add plenty of ice and pour in a little bottle of sparkling wine. Oh, I added the word little. I was like, who wants a little bottle? Pour in a bottle of sparkling wine, champagne or prosecco. Stir to combine, toss in some pineapples or lime slices for garnish and enjoy, which we will have this recipe on our website for you. And we will also be making this drink some other time because that honestly sounds delicious. Uh,
0: Doesn't it though? And this so, my punch bowl is the reason why I picked this drink because hello, it sounds amazing, but it actually, aside from the measurements, really doesn't sound that complicated like a punch no, not potion, at all a dump and go sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought it sounded like such a great like summer, you know, spring yeah punch. Bowl mix. I think that you could like reduce it down and just make one or two glasses of this as well. I mean,
1: you could, but that's how you're supposed to share with all your friends.
0: Yeah. I mean, all of them that we don't have.
1: So, (laughs) but, and, and I was going to say, besides the grapefruit bitters, all this stuff is pretty common ingredients and like, you could always order grapefruit bitters online. So
0: or I wondered, too, if you could just sub out the bitters. I know it wouldn't quite be the same, but for a
1: grapefruit juice, potentially. I don't know. It it was very specific on their 16 dashes of grapefruit berries. You know what? <laughs> Danny, live a little. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, anyway.
0: This week, we are happy to have Kristen Recupero. She is a financial coach and profit advisor who specializes in helping small business owners and driven professionals, both in their personal and business finances. She works closely with individuals to simplify money, strengthen their financial management skills eliminate debt, and create cash flow management systems to maximize profit and ultimately build wealth. And who doesn't love that? Mm -hmm. She does this by developing specific action plans that are tailored to each client's needs, values, and goals, um, which allows them to live and retire in ways that they only thought they could dream about. Kristen is fueled by her passion to help others succeed and become financially free in her spare time. She's an avid runner and lifter, and she lives in the suburbs of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania with her husband and two children.
1: Awesome. I'm so excited to chat with Kristen. All right, Kristen, um, can you tell us about your journey to becoming a financial coach and profit advisor?
2: It's a long story. I'll try to make it short. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so... You know, I went to school for HR and IM, which is hotel, restaurant, institutional management. I was a general manager um, from when I graduated college until I was about 30 years old. Um, loved it, hated the hours, loved what I did, hated it at the same time, you know. Um, and one of my clients hired me away to run his office. And so I went to work for a small family business and i um, Learned so much about family business from them. Like, I grew up in a family business household. My husband owns a business, but I learned things from them that I just don't think I could have learned anywhere else. And I, so I ran their office, their administrative, their payroll, um, HR, all those kind of things, and um, accounts receivable, payable, all that kind of stuff. But when I had my son, I just knew I wanted to do something else. So I became a financial coach because in 2013 I had climbed out of a pile of debt. I had no idea where my money was going. I had $26,000 in debt. I made a great income and yet I had absolutely nothing to show for it. And that's when I started out as a personal financial coach. That's how exactly how a lot of my clients come to me. They make good money. It's not that they don't, they just don't know how to manage it. And because it was so life-changing for me, for us, for our lives, I cannot even tell you how different my life, how different I am than I was 10 years ago, even my mindset. And it's all because of these money mindset shifts and changes that I've made along the way.
0: I love that. I think that's such a good point that there's things that you've learned uh, being involved in family businesses specifically that you probably would have never learned anywhere else. One of the things we wanted to talk to you about is women getting out of debt once and for all. So in your work, what are some of the most common debt types that you see women having? Like, is it student loans, business loans, mortgages? What do you see a recurring theme, I guess?
2: I honestly wouldn't say there's necessarily a recurring theme. Um, Student loans and credit cards are both really big. Um, And yeah, I mean, just across the board, there's whether even business clients have taken out Um, credit cards after credit cards to fund their business a lot of times and to keep it running. And when something else isn't, you know, working, then they go back to that card again and figure, oh, well, you know, I'll put it on the card and when the windfall comes, I'll pay it off. Mm -hmm. And so that's a horrible theme that we get into in both personal and business instead of kind of being a little bit more like the tortoise that wins the race, which is the method that I usually take people through.
1: That's such a great point about, businesses using credit cards as kind of like a line of credit and then they don't realize how you know massive the interest rates are on credit cards and that that kills them
2: it does and you know a 17 to 29 percent is really normal on a credit card just wild, like is wild absolutely most people have at least two to four thousand dollars in minimum payments on all of their debts not including a mortgage but two thousand—that's like standing in their way of cash flow.
0: Oh my god! <laughs>
2: and so, if you've got seventeen to twenty-nine percent, and on that being like credit cards, again, there's a lot of people where you're incurring two hundred to a thousand dollars on credit card interest every. Now, the thousand is definitely extreme, but it's not uncommon to be two hundred to four hundred dollars oh. incurring interest on a regular basis.
0: Wow! Yeah, it's
1: de- it's definitely mind blowing, but it's. I think, especially after last year, going through a pandemic, I think that a lot more people have probably found themselves in credit card debt, just trying to keep, you know, either business moving or their their lives moving. So I think that, I mean, it's, it's crazy to think of, but like, what are some of your tips to help women specifically, you know, get out of credit card debt once and for all?
2: Sure. So the very first thing that I always say is that, You need to establish at least a small emergency fund first. You can't just go and pay off the debt. You get a large sum. Um, I work with a lot of realtors. You close a house, you get a great sum, and they go ahead and they pay it off because they had just racked it up. You have to go a little bit slower. Um, You want to be very methodical about the way you do it. But if you can do one thing first, is build yourself a pad. Because if you don't have that landing pad, even if it's one, two, three, four thousand dollars. Um, kind of depending on what your income is and the stability and if your you know, revenues. Um, But if you don't have that pad, what happens is you automatically go right back to what you knew, what you did and what you had. If you have that fund right there is is a landing pad. I'm going to be honest. It's the last thing you want to use because you just worked really hard to put it there and you don't want to touch it. So you'll get really innovative about what else can I do? How can I make this work? How can I make this happen? Do I really need this? And you'll make different decisions.
0: I love that because I personally do that. Like I have a separate savings account, obviously, but I like never touch it because I, I know what it took to build it up to where it's at. And I just, I hate I hate it if, you know, there's a medical debt or something that comes in and I have to pay it off or I just want to get it paid off, but it just really chaps my ass when I have to pay it out of there because it does, it takes so much work to build that up. So I think you're dead on when you say that you'll get innovative and find other ways to, to make things work without touching that.
2: Yeah. The last thing that you're going to do over there, like you said, it chaps your ass. That's probably the best way you can say it, that... (laughs) You know, you're like, ah, okay. So I guess, you know what? I'll eat ramen for this month just so I don't have to touch that. And it is, I had a client today ask me if he could go borrow money from his mentor. I was like, listen, no, this is what the savings is for. Like, I don't want you to use it either but don't go borrow money from somebody. No, but that's how much he didn't want to touch this that
0: he built up. Kristen, I'm just curious. Do you see, I mean, obviously one of the mistakes that, we're all recognizing is credit card debt and the interest, but in terms of, you know, other mistakes or things that people do, you know, without establishing that landing pad that you mentioned, are there other things that people do that are just kind of bad habits in trying to pay down debt?
2: Yes. Um, so two off the top of my head, one is consolidating everything. Moving it over to a personal loan. So taking revolving debt and moving it over to a static personal loan may still be unsecured. That was actually my mistake. That I mean, that was one of mine. So I can I can relate to a thousand percent of everything my clients do. Um, but I thought, oh, I'll just pay off my credit card debt, quote unquote, and move it to this loan. So all I did because they didn't change my habits, my behaviors, or anything else at that point, and this is before 2013, was I went and racked back up that credit card debt and I had a loan. Yeah. So then it was twice as bad. So consolidating is not the answer. It can help. If you have a plan in place, you start working with a written budget. You use that as your map and your guide to where you want to go. Um, and then you want to consolidate to put it onto a lower interest rate or something like that. But in the end, it's actually a lot easier to go after three smaller loans like mentally emotionally so much of this is not about the financial game or the numbers this is a mental and emotional state that we're working with with when it comes to money so it's easier to go after a few three and five thousand dollar loans than 120 or thirty thousand dollar loan it's a bigger hill to climb so i actually think that consolidation can really hurt you if you don't have a very specific plan to move into place
1: that makes a lot of sense, and I like what you said about you know, it's it's like a snowball effect. You start small, and then it rolls and rolls, and then you know, you, eventually, the debt that you've paid off is bigger. Um, we talked about on the ep- ep- the podcast episode last week that I just paid off one of my small debts, and it was so rewarding. Like it, it made me feel like I wanted to pat my own back, and be like all right now. I, I did it. I can keep going. It is like a little like boost of like adrenaline almost that like it gives you the energy to keep pushing forward.
2: Exactly. Danny, first of all, congratulations to you because that's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> that's the nail on the head is it does. It gives you that reward. It's also like when you're budgeting to go ahead and like over over plan, over expect. If you think that your electric bill is going to come in at $200, plan that it's going to be $250 because when you hit 200 you feel good. You're like, oh, I came in under budget. You didn't do anything except for you Mm over-projected, but it makes you feel good. It, It continues to motivate you in the positive direction. And you're going to want to continue to budget when you can come in under.
0: It makes so much sense to just remind everybody that it's, it's not a numbers game. Like this isn't rocket science, right? It is a lot about our emotions and the way we're thinking of things and just our, our actions just like you mentioned, consolidating debt isn't going to work or help if you're just going to go re like rack up your credit card bills by living outside of your means. So I, I don't know that people think of it like that. I think they're so focused that this is like some scientific or strategic thing to do. And it's really complicated. And it's really not. It's just kind of like common sense and thinking it through.
2: It is. It's really simplistic, like tactics and strategies that you put into place, but it's what comes in the complication is because of that emotional behavioral aspect. So money is 80% behaviorally driven. Mm -hmm. That's 80%. That's huge. Um, So it really doesn't matter in one sense. I have people who do phenomenal huge savings rates who are making only 50 or 60 thousand dollars a year. And I, I have people who can't touch that who are in the much higher six figures. So we're talking three, four, and five. It really, I mean, obviously, we work through all of those kinds of problems, but it's you look at somebody you're like, oh, they live in the nice house and they, oh, life must be good. Yeah, if it's not necessarily they have the same issues and the same problems, it's just on a bigger scale. So um, absolutely, I think that for people to understand and just I've nothing else, understand you're not alone. You're pretty normal if you struggle with debts, if you struggle with managing your finances, if you struggle with the you know the wants. We live in a microwave society, which you know says, "Oh, I'll swipe my card and I can have anything I want, bippity boppity boo," and you know it works that way. But it also gets us into trouble when we don't practice our delayed gratification for some of the bigger things that we really want. And it's not that you can't have it. It's not that you can't buy it. I don't want people to feel shame or remorse or um, guilt around spending. You should feel good and free, but knowing that you can, you have to know what your limits and your boundaries are. So
1: to get to that place of knowing your limits and boundaries, like and the, and the steps to just get out of debt and how we have to change our mindset to do so, like, do you recommend having a budget or is, is there something else like that we're missing?
2: I do a budget of any any sense is the best way to get a grip on your finances to bring light to it visualness um, visuality to it. Um, A budget is simply a tool. It doesn't have to be over complicated. You can make it as complicated as you want it to be. I do believe that zero sum budgets are the best way to go because you're literally planning out every dollar that you have. You're not spending it, but you plan that I want to save two thousand dollars. A, B, C, and D have to happen in my life. I have to keep my eating out to this much this month, or um, you know, I have to keep my miscellaneous and fund money to this much this month. It's just giving a boundary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are a couple of different ways to budget where you can also, there's like a three bank account method. And so you can put all your fixed expenses in one, your um, your fund money in one, and then your savings or your debt in another, so that you can kind of give yourself those boundaries of these percentages, knowing things are covered and knowing where to kind of say stop.
1: That's um, very smart. I uh, started budgeting this year for the very first time ever, and I budgeted for clothes. And so I therefore every and clothes was always something I always felt guilty buying. So therefore every month when I bought clothes, I didn't feel guilty because it was in my budget. So literally my budget was telling me like, you have money to buy clothes, go out and buy clothes if, you, if I needed them. So, I mean, like just as like from personal experience in this um, as an anecdote, budgets really aren't that scary. They're actually, they help you kind of figure out where your money's going and then like what you have to spend.
2: Yes, that budget should give you freedom if you're doing it right. It, I mean, if you're really upside down, it might be tight. It might be tough. You're going to have to make difficult decisions, but you do that, and or you do things right, and you write it down, and you have that plan. At least you'll know exactly what you need to do to make it happen. So that budget should be kind of like your map. Mm-hmm. You know, I can get in the car now and drive out to you and head west, and I'll probably get there. I don't know. I have no idea how far that is, but twelve hours, fifteen hours. I have no idea. Um, but if I really want to get there and I want to get there specifically, I better pull up a map, plan on my route, decide when I'm going to stop. When am I going to fuel up? Um, where's our road construction? That's what your budget should be doing for you is giving you that guidance so that you can kind of just follow along.
0: It's so silly that we do that for everything else, but then not with our money. Yeah. It's so <laughs> dumb.
2: <laughs> I always like to talk about like dieting and I don't know if you've ever done any macro counting But it's budgeting your food and, oh, I'm going to have so much protein or I'm going to plan this for lunch and this is for dinner. And if I eat this consistently, I'm under the calories that I expend. So I'm going to lose weight Mm -hmm. and exact same thing.
0: It's funny. I I do like a budget for my business, but I don't necessarily do it for myself personally. (laughs) And I probably should because you're right. It's not like restricting me. And I always feel like I'm going to be restricting myself if I set a budget or sit down and pencil everything out for my personal expenses, but I'm not, I'm just knowing where my money's going.
2: Yeah. Try reframing it and looking at it as a spending plan.
0: I like that. Yeah. I'm going to try that maybe not this month, but (laughs) (laughs) a a weekend, you know? (laughs) <laughs> I
1: yeah. want to get carried away. <laughs> so Kristen, since we're talking about, you know, budgeting and, and reframing the mindset around budgets, um, how can you tell our audience what it actually means to be intentional with
2: your money? I mean, really just getting intentional is, is exactly what we've just been talking about is deciding what you wanted to do and having it happen. It's, it's, it's no different than saying, I'm, I, I want to go to the grocery store tonight. Or I should go to the grocery store tonight. Yeah. yeah. Um, how bad do you need those groceries? How bad do you need it? Like, it's no different than anything else in your life that it really takes a reframe and really understand your visualization, some mindset practice, some affirmations. And I'll be honest, I was probably one of the first people who used to think that anything mindset related was super hokey. Like, oh, you know, I'm just going to say that I'm going to make more money and magically I'm going to make more money. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Brandy's like, yeah.
0: I I did it's hard it's hard. You know, it's hard when you like go to work every day and you're like, I know what it what I need to do to make money. I like I understand that I see the fruits of your labor, so to speak. So then to say something like, I'm gonna make more money and it just poof like (laughs) happens. I know Danny is super into this, but I'm, I don't want to say I'm a skeptic because I do think there's so many people out there that it's like, there is a money mindset. It's just, I have, it's not that I haven't bought into it. I just haven't changed my own mindset to Mm -hmm. think that way. And it's, it's difficult. It really is difficult to, to not think it's hokey. So
1: Brandy and I talk about this a lot. And I've had two experiences in my life where money, I don't want to say came to me because I think that you also with mindset requires action, but where money I got, I received money or or a debt was forgiven that was substantial. And it just helped me further my career, my path towards financial freedom. And, but I also believe in, um, mindset in everything in my life, as far as like, you know, if I get up in the morning and look in the mirror and be like, "Ugh, I'm so ugly today, I'm going to feel bad all day long. So I get up and I look at the mirror and I'm happy and I smile and I say good things to myself. So because I feel, you know, mindset plays a big role in every part of your life and especially in the money aspect.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm definitely of the party that used to think it was hokey until I really started learning a lot more, understanding some of the science behind it and even more so, I like to think about mindset and visualization working together. And so that's really where the science is going to come in. And yes, theoretically, you know exactly what you need to do to make more. And some people are, you know, a little bit more born that way than other people. But, and some people can turn on a dime and say, oh, no one called to, you know, some people be like, oh, nobody called today. My business is failing. (laughs) And, And some people will be like. Oh, cool. I got the day off. This is awesome. You know, Hey, I got more time in my schedule. And so working on that mindset doesn't even have to be, it's not never going to be a flip of the switch. But I think that when you start to look at it as opening up opportunities, as helping you make different decisions or opening up your mind to something different, because so many people do have that fixed mindset in different ways and not even just money, but, that's one of the biggest places where i have changed in the last 10 years and i believe i completely attribute it was slowly one thing after another and working on it but about 2 years ago um when i read the miracle morning you read that one can no, you I say that one. One. miracle morning
0: oh i haven't no
2: yeah so it's how i'm going to screw this up i'm really totally going to screw this up i want to no. say elrod but he might be the one that i tried yeah it's half- Hal elrod
1: i just looked it up all right, thank you. You're welcome.
2: <laughs> um, so yeah, and he's got a whole bunch of, so miracle morning for entrepreneurs, miracle oh, okay. morning for moms for, you know, so-and-so-and-so, but really practices. Um, you know, he talks about savers and you can certainly adapt to what works for you, but it's really getting into being intentional. So getting back to that being intentional with your money, being intentional, setting up your mind in your visualization for the day. And then of course, exercise affirmations, his saver stands for something specific, but I adopted my own little patterns of it. And the first thing I do in the morning is, you know, I, I just pray and just thank God for another day. And it's going to be a great day. And then I close my eyes and just kind of picture how the day is going to go and work on my visualization. And I can't wait to have client meetings with ABC and D sometimes I fall back asleep. Sometimes, (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's really good. If you fell back asleep, (laughs) yeah. But just setting that intention for the day of I'm going to do A, B, and C. So I have my clients do the same thing with their money. They're supposed to spend about five minutes on their money a day. It kind of depends on where you are. Are you a morning person, a night person? You sit down, that's when you're looking at your budget. But at the same time, set your intentions. I am going to pay off this $2,000. It's in your budget. You need to do these things. You understand that you do, but you need to make the connection in your heart on the why that you can, that you're capable. And that's where I think that the affirmations, the visualization and all the mindset shifts start to really come in. Not that you don't know, it's the capabilities of making sure you take the steps to actually do those.
0: That makes that makes a little bit more sense to my little pea brain here. <laughs> Move past the hokeyness of it all. But I mean, I think for somebody like me, I'm like, you know, I think very logically. And so when you say there's like a science behind it, that maybe sparks my interest in buy-in a little bit more than just like, ooh, these like vibes that are going out into the universe. I mean, I believe that, but when it comes to money, I believe in like energy, right? Between people, obviously. But when it comes to money, it's just like so hard for me to accept that, I can just be like, I need a million dollars and it's just going to magically come. So when you say it's not necessarily that it's really thinking about, okay, I know what I need to do. So I'm going to visualize this is my day. This is what I'm going to do to get there. And then following through on the action makes so much more sense to me.
2: Yes. Cause you'll start talking more. This is what I need to do. And you'll start talking more confidently and you're going to close the sale differently. And you're like, Oh, so, Hey, that's great. I can't wait to get started with you. I'm going to send this proposal. I'm going to have you, you know, come out. Here's what we're going to do for you. It just, it changes when you make those connections. Mel Robbins has a fantastic video. She explains 10 times better than I do. Just YouTube Mel Robbins visualization. You'll find it. Okay. She mm-hmm. gets behind the scientific and I mean, she can speak intelligently on what I sound like a blubbering fool on sometimes.
0: You you it <laughs> it perfect sense. I'm following. Yes,
1: okay. it does.
0: So okay. how, um, I guess what are like three, maybe small things that we could start doing today to really create new habits for ourselves for ourselves to be more intentional with our money.
2: So one of the first ones that was just, if you are a person who's avoiding it because it feels overwhelming, it feels heavy, just open up your last statement and look at it. Mm-hmm. Find out what you've been doing. Cause most people you're overspending somewhere. I usually say that your money's going one of three places. When I talk to women, we, I mean, we are all, we are driving it. We are eating it or we are wearing it. Mm-hmm. And it's them are bad but you are probably driven to one of those types of one of those three. And so just kind of understanding what's been happening. You don't have to make a change. You just need to bring some realization. So one of my favorite exercises is to open up your last one or two bank statements and grab like three different color highlighters. All right. And the first one are your necessities. Those, you know, they may be fixed. They may be not fixed. We're talking rent utilities, um, you know, some basics, maybe even groceries, but you can, you still want to kind of. Highlight the fact of what they are. Um, your next one are going to be things that you may really like and you want to keep, but you can change them. You're willing to change them. And then, I'm
0: thinking of things. I'm like, oh yeah, I don't know what you're talking about.
2: <laughs> your last one are things that you kind of regret doing and or spending. And if you could go back in time, you probably would make a different cha- different decision because hindsight's 2020, 20, right? So yeah. how often do you
0: include like the men we've dated? Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so it brings some awareness into exactly how you would change things going forward. You don't even have to do anything else. It's just bringing that awareness is a huge step in itself and will help you even look at it next time and say, I kind of remember this exercise. Maybe I don't want to do it this time.
0: I think that makes so much sense. I I probably need to do that before I would even do a budget, to be honest, just to be aware of what I'm spending money on. But yeah, like ignorance is bliss sometimes.
1: (laughs) I think it has to do with how you were raised too. Because in our when I was growing up, we never opened the mail because we didn't, you know, it was a bill or something that was due that we couldn't afford to pay. So you almost have that like, you know, clinching factor of when something comes in the mail. You're like, well, I don't, I know I don't have the money for this right now, so I'm just going to ignore it, and then you forget about it, and now it's late, so now you have a late fee, or you know, sent to collections or whatever, some you know, something like that. I know like that happens to people. Um, so sometimes the best, I agree with what you're saying, like the best thing you could do is just like open your statement or open the bill and just be aware of exactly where you're at in this moment financially. I can't imagine not opening something. <laughs> you that, should
0: grow up in my household, That like gives me so much anxiety not looking at stuff. I mean, I look, but I don't go through the exercise of highlighting, but I need to do the color code.
2: Yeah, it does. It just brings that awareness, but you're right, Danny. It's, it's a lot about how you grew up and your money scripts start really young and it starts shaping you what you think, but you can have very similar backgrounds and just even how your parents spoke about it or didn't speak about money or the reaction that happened. Maybe they talked about money all the time, but it always resulted in an argument. mhm They could both still be very open about it. But those two perceptions that talking about money results in an argument or talking about money, you know, makes everybody happy will shape how you want to do it. And maybe you won't talk about it, even though your parents did because of that result. So it's absolutely once you can start digging into this stuff and I don't really do that. I don't I I do like it's interesting, but I I'm very much more like strategic and tactical person when it comes around to like, how do we actually fix this? But, you know, money therapists are incredible and they're so fascinating to talk to. We have one in one of our financial groups and I love to get, I signed up for his emails. I love them. They're so fun. They're so fast. The fact
0: that there's a thing called a money therapist, just like my mind, (laughs) but it makes so much, I mean, it makes so much sense when you see like doing divorces all the time. And like, it's, you know, it's one of the main factors that people break up relationships is because they don't see eye to eye on
1: a financial perspective which is wild
2: yeah
0: something we should talk about more
1: yeah and you know and that is one of the reasons why brandy and i wanted to talk about money this month is because we think it's important for women specifically to be open to discussing money and if they're if they happen to get themselves in you know, debt or whatever that they feel drowned, you know, drowning in, you know, I think it's important to talk about it and, and find actionable steps to help, help, you know, ourselves and help other women get out of any debt that they've dug themselves into.
2: Yeah, no, it definitely is. And empowering women is like one of the best things. One of the things that I love the most about what I do. And I do work mostly with women, primarily it's women, small business owners, um it's also women who are typically managing the finances in most households whether it's by design or by accident or it's just by who i'm talking to but it tends to be a lot of times that they're the ones who take it off of the plate and they'll do it but we need to learn how to be able to have those open conversations because if you're the only one managing and you're you're married and your husband's just spending but you're not talking about what's happening that's that big disconnect that we talk about and so you know, I even go as far as with my business owners to help have them, whatever relationship they're in to share with their, because what does their business budget look like? How do they, what's their, you know, management, because it's a very, should be a very open topic. It's one that is, we're too hush, hush. We're too embarrassed about it. We're too, and I don't say like go around bragging, like, oh, I make 300,000 a year. I'm doing whatever, but It's not about that. It's just about, we can talk about sex easier than we can talk about money in today's Mm, society.
0: So true. No
2: problem talking about sex, but money?
0: Shh. Don't ask, don't tell.
2: Let's not. (laughs) Huge. I want to bring that awareness. It's okay. More people, 82% of people are living paycheck to paycheck. 82% of business owners are living deposit to deposit, waiting for somebody to pay them to be able to pay a subcontractor to be able to do something else. And it doesn't have to be that way if you start to face it, you start to use a working budget and really just kind of take a look at it. If you spend three to five minutes looking at your finances on every single day, that's all it has to take. Three minutes, open it up, take a glance at what's your plan. What am I doing today? You sit and you make a meal plan, you plan out your dinner, you plan all these other things, social media, if you're running a business, but just take a look and say, oh, am I going to target? Okay. What do I have to spend? Mm -hmm. Am I getting... How much is my grocery budget for this week? Am I doing this? How much is in that for this week? And by doing that every single day, you just bring that awareness, which makes you look at things differently. You decide if you actually need it or want it, and then you can move on. I want to make sure that people learn that it's okay to spend. It's okay to enjoy your money. It's okay to want more of it. Mm -hmm. As long as you are spending money according to your values and your goals, you should feel pretty good about what you're doing.
1: That's a really great message. I think that, you know, money doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to make you feel trapped. Like it should just, money is supposed to, is there to help you live your life. I mean, obviously the world doesn't go around unless we all have money. And it's, it, I think it does make a lot of people feel uncomfortable if they don't have it and other people are talking about them having it. But I think that also goes back to the mindset of just because somebody has something and you don't right now, doesn't mean that you won't
2: soon exactly it's and that's the hardest part especially as social media i mean look at where we were even just 20 years ago there, i mean i was in college i had a cell phone but it didn't text there were <laughs> not smartphones um, i barely had a computer in my apartment and you know social media wasn't really a thing i mean my space was probably just up and coming maybe a few years later and but now it's just, so, I mean, you're talking to your friends and you hear these things, but now we're inundated with it. We're we're seeing pictures, we're seeing things, we're hearing about the trips, we're looking at who's going on vacation, who's doing self-care, what kind of self-care. Um, They're going to the spa or are they painting their own toenails? Mm-hmm. But, you know, and you don't need to know everybody's story behind it, but we see these things. So I want it too.
1: Yeah.
0: Really-
2: and it may or may not be in your cards for this month.
0: And I think when you mention like, we're so... Quiet about you know talking about a budget or talking about money and there there is maybe some shame around saying it's you know it's not in the cards this month it's not in the budget this month mm-hmm. but there shouldn't be I mean that's just a smart response to not living outside of your means like I, I can't do that this month maybe next month I can you know move some money aside to do this luxury thing but I, I feel like we got to quit shaming each other for
1: that. Yeah, that's such a great point, Brandy. Brandy's heard me say that to her before. I'm like, oh, that's just not in the budget. Uh, Botox is one of the things that's that the we were top. talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I never say I can't afford that. I always say it's not in the budget because I don't want my brain subconsciously to think that I can't afford things because I could afford whatever I wanted to, but I also want to meet my financial goals and that's why I always say it's, it's just not in the budget.
2: Exactly. And I think that that's so awesome. And when you can reframe that and just say, there's also nothing wrong with just saying no. And we also, as women, especially feel the need to always um, justify our decisions to others and not that, you you know, you guys are really close friends and that's different, but you know, somebody asks us, Hey, can you come to this party and whatever and blah, blah, blah. If it's not in your budget, you can just say, no, I'm sorry. I can't. Yeah. Thanks for meeting me. I appreciate it.
0: And isn't that crazy that it can't like we think it can't be that simple? Like, no, thank you, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't have to be. Well, I can't. Maybe. This. Yeah. Like, no. It, no. No. Thank
2: you. No, I can't. It's duh. <laughs> it's it something that it is. You know, and I, I say that like it's like, oh, just just say no. But
0: but why can't we like
2: <laughs> <laughs> go back to like the emotions, the behaviors, all the you know, get a little bit more in depth and. Yes, it's hard. So it is, it's easy in theory to fix your money, but it also can be very challenging because of all these other surrounding things that we're dealing with, you know, socially and behaviorally and and emotionally, outside sources. And if you just get it in your head though, and, and you said, I'm doing this, if you suck it up, if you are in debt, or if you are overwhelmed by not having savings, or you're worried about your retirement, you want to get things moving, you may need to make a few large sacrifices up front. But, and that's what we did. You know, my story, I think it was 18 months, I paid off $26,000. And I was, wow. you know,
0: damn,
2: we- damn. Yeah. Before that, I didn't even know where I was going to get groceries from because I my credit cards were maxed out like I was I had no idea but that was the power of I mean, I was willing to do anything I was selling everything that I had I was looking for roommates and my husband ended up moving in Ben boyfriend of course that that helped but <laughs> um, you know paying a little extra rent but I sold so much. I stopped going out with my friends for about a year. I'd have them over, I'd go to their houses, but we stopped going to Pirates games, Steelers games, the casino, um, bars, <laughs> out, 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 out. That's for me, that's where my money was going mostly that I didn't understand.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but I made those sacrifices then so that I get to do anything that I want. It's in the goals, goals change along the way, uh, but y- you make the sacrifices now to do anything you want later.
0: I love that. that. We made you go on a little bit of a detour after you told us about the highlighting the (laughs) state. So what are the other things that we can do today? I, that's me. I do that all the time. Sorry.
2: No, I didn't really stay on point either. Um, So I would say I probably touched on it within there, but I'm going to say, so do that exercise number one, but two, just, I mean, even if you're not gonna get right onto a budget, which would be one of mine in theory, but simpler, easier said done is just open up your bank accounts every day and look at it. Okay, Face, face it in that way every single day, start getting used to it um, because that can be one of the easiest ways. if you decide to do a bank uh, account method of budgeting. One of the easiest ways is that you make sure that you hook up everything through bill pay, you look at your bank accounts and you're just simply, if it's there in the fund budget, it's there. If it's not, the answer is no. So facing it one, two, three. Um, and the third one I would have to say, again, is like a really easy walk away today type of do it. Pick up a money book. Let me throw out a few recommendations. Let me look real quick here. So the simple path to wealth. Awesome book. It will help motivate you to not only why should I get rid of my debt? If I'm holding on to debt, how can it make my money work faster for me, but also give you some great ideas into how to invest very, very simply. Simple. So very undry, easy read. Next one would be um, I Will Teach You To Be Rich by Ramit. I like that one. Yep, easy read, super fun. And the third one would be The Automatic Millionaire. Sit around here, it's not. Um, The Automatic Millionaire by David Bach. Also easy read, simple read. But grab one of those from the library or hoopla. or audible. They're, they're actually good audio books as well. Um, but I would say pick up something and just learn a little bit more about it because all three of those books in particular will help break it down. Very simplistic. They're not overwhelming. They're not heavy reads. They they're why, how do it?
0: I love that you point out that they're simple and they're fun reads because whenever I see like a financial or a money book, I'm just like, ugh like I read serious stuff all day long. The last thing I want to be reading or listening to is just boring bullshit. You know, <laughs> I I, just, I really don't. So that is very appealing to me.
2: Yeah. I have some other ones that are really good, but they're more on that heavy. So like think and grow rich life changing, but it's just, it's not as easy and fun.
1: All right, Kristen, um, can you tell us about the services that you offer and how our listeners can find you?
2: I offer a range of different services. The easiest or the, you know, from in the basic form, I offer a deep dive session for both business owners and personal finance. It's a two to two and a half hour session. We get into your three most basic topics that you want to hit and talk about. And we spend time just digging deep and going in. It's a two and a half hour pick my brain session. Um, I have month to month coaching and monthly ongoing coaching for clients, um, as well, both in the personal frame and in the business, all of my business owners, we also talk about their personal finances. Cause of course they are one and the same and we get around. to that. Um, but then I have group coaching for business owners. I'm a profit first certified professional, and I have a couple of courses as well. I have a freebie on my website, um, before you budget mindset. I think it actually has that exercise maybe even on it okay. to do. And it's totally free. So you can just go up under courses, get into it. That's awesome.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. This was super informative. And I really felt like it wasn't overwhelming. Like these are really great, basic, simple things that I myself can start today if I wanted to. So it, it does not make me feel like I'm overwhelmed by any means.
2: This is great. Good. And that's the way it should be. Money can be fun. Even if you're good with it, there's always a way to improve. We can still always be improving what we do. And it's, it's a conscious decision to make every day, but um, it can be a lot of fun and it can be a lot of fun when you get out of the weeds and you kind of feel really good about what you're doing. So I appreciate you ladies having me and getting to talk about this stuff and help open it up. And it is financial literacy month. So yay. Bring <laughs> yes. it on.
1: Um, And your website is financialfitnesscoaching.com. Is that correct?
2: Yes, correct.
1: Awesome. Uh, We will send all of our listeners to your website for their freebie and for all the information. And thank you so much for joining our podcast tonight.
2: Yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.